Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. To catch everyone back up to speed, in our last episode, I shared some tips on what to look for when approaching a difficult conversation. Several reasons make specific conversations difficult, and sometimes it's the seller's lack of knowledge or emotional intelligence that drives down rapport levels, which results in a good conversation to become a problematic conversation very quickly. For today's episode, Wes Bays will join me to share some of his insights of the three conversations that people typically have in their own head, point of view conversation, emotional conversation, and egotistical conversation. It's imperative you listen all the way to the end of today's episode because there's so much to cover with today's topic that we're going to have to break it out in increments, bite-sized for you to be able to easily consume, for you to make an impact with whomever you're working with. I don't care if it's in your personal life or in business. Before kicking it up a couple notches and diving in, take the time and click on the link in the description box. You will find more information about our show, how to connect with myself and my team, a feedback form for you to share some of your takeaways on what you're learning with our episodes, and any kind of offers that we mention with the episodes. Just to let you know, anything that we do offer on this show will be free and is our way of showing our appreciation with everyone tuning in. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Wes, welcome back. What's going on, my man? You doing okay? Doing good, Chris. How you doing? I'm always good, bro. <laughs> always good. <laughs> I try to be at least, right? Absolutely. Before we get into this much needed conversation, what were your initial thoughts after listening to Monday's episode? Well, one, I think it's an extremely important conversation and it really just, well, the biggest thing that stood out to me was the fact that, you know, most people won't think about these things, mm. right? And- and so really what I took away from it was a lot of, you know, having that hard conversation and not just, you know, the tech, the techniques and all that is great, but 
just the ability to change your mindset to to be the kind of person that will say, you know, I'm willing to put myself in that situation. I'm willing to take those those things on um, and I'm willing to have the hard conversation. That's where I, I think for me was the biggest takeaway was how do you shift yourself in order to be to become that person that's willing to do that? There's just there's so many things that go along with that, but I thought it was much needed. It was extremely, you know, extremely important and informative. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The main thing that I think that separates people that don't do it and the people that actually look and welcome difficult conversations, that's where you'll make more of an impact with your buyers, in my opinion. So it goes with your standards. Would you agree? I would. I, I think it goes, there, there's a lot of layers to that piece, but yeah, one, absolutely your standards in general from the outcome that you're you that you will achieve or you're you're going to achieve with every client and so mm -hmm. if if your standard is the best like if your standard is to make the most happen uh right. you'll have whatever conversation needs to be had and you'll put the time and effort into really thinking about every piece of that conversation so i would completely agree with you on that piece so you can argue it's all about a mindset your mentality on a call and what you're trying to accomplish as well i get it I feel the same way because you said that people that don't do it, are they just oblivious to emotional intelligence? Would you agree to that if they don't welcome those difficult conversations? I believe I believe there's two sides of it, but it all, it all stems from emotional intelligence. Um, mm -hmm. one, of, one side of it is the understanding. So there's the lack of understanding piece. Uh, the other side of it is the limiting beliefs. And so, okay. you know, insecurities and things along those lines start to come up and then you're afraid or fear kicks in and you're afraid to have certain conversations or you're afraid to take it to a certain place because you don't know how you're going to handle it. It's a lack of knowledge. And, I, and I'm, that's why I think us spending a little time today diving into a couple of hints of what to look for. If they're oblivious to it or they don't really know how to handle it once it happens, and I get that part too, it's two sides. Main thing that you need to look for, especially if you're doing phone sales, if they get real quiet or give you one word answers, there's a good chance you touched on something and you can't overlook it because if you overlook that, that's an opportunity for you to serve them better. Might drop hints that they aren't into whatever you're discussing with them or product or service. They might withdraw completely from the conversation. I mean, some people you know, start cutting you off. I talked about that on the previous episodes when they start to cut you off or these are some signs, but what are some other signs? Yeah, it's, you know, you what you want to really look for is the sensitivity, right? The sensitivity of something. Mm -hmm. And so if I say something to you, this is where emotional intelligence kicks in heavy. If I say something to you, the way that you respond, you know, whether it's you give me one word answer or you defend yourself, right? Or like you feel the need to defend whatever, you know, whatever just happened or whatever I just said, you know, things along those lines, those are triggers for me to know that maybe I hit a soft spot or a sensitive point mm. for you, right? And so, and it goes back to what you said on Monday when we're talking, you're talking about the three different parts of the conversation, right? The three different areas of the conversation. And so each of those has a certain response that comes from it. And so usually what you're looking for is, is the response, so the easiest way to really think about this is the response you're getting back appropriate to the question that you asked and if it's anything less then you want to start to really think about why that is and potentially take it one step further or do what you need to do to take it to that next level so again it would just go back to everything you said on monday which is examining those three areas and seeing which part that that piece fits into 
And just a recap real quick on what Wes is talking about to for the listeners that haven't listened to the previous episode. The three conversations that everyone has going on in their own head is either point of view, emotional, and or egotistical conversations. And knowing how to deal with all three of those, whatever might be going on in their mind, it's usually not what's coming out of their mouth. Would you agree with that? I would. How can you extract what's actually happening? How can you maybe just help them communicate better? Would that be a way of doing it? Yeah, I, absolutely. Because you know, the, when, the way I look at it is there's there's two ways of going about it when it comes to your conversation. Well, the way that the, what I look for, and we've talked about this plenty of times, is what first it starts with what kind of environment have you even created? Yep. With that person, you know, and so if you if you came off like if if you haven't created that trusting and honest environment yet you know the, the, this is going you're going to be more susceptible to going through tougher conversations with that person because they don't view you as an authority or a trusted source right and you haven't created that environment where they say I can be open and honest with how I feel or my opinion right and so but now and even in that scenario if you have created the environment I believe it's much easier at that point because you can always reference back to the fact like that the fact that hey you know obviously here as as we talked about before you know what this you know you and I have a very trusting relationship and the one thing that I believe in the most is honesty and being very open and now I can go back go about it and say what well, I feel like you're telling me here isn't the full story right can you expand on that you know so but then if you don't have that type of a relationship now it's kind of like now it's kind of like on the defense right so now it's two people going against each other then working with each other so this is where I believe maybe even touching on some points where, you know, how can how can they now go back and create that environment again and be able to handle some of those situations? I completely agree. I mean, creating the right environment for maybe to match their personality type, that's important. If you have a driver, right, and you're communicating with a driver on the phone or in person, a driver for everybody listening, a driver personality, they need to take control. And usually you can have the signs of them being straightforward with you. Okay. And they're trying to get where they got to go. So that's why it's called a driver. But if you're a driver and they're a driver, you can't match driver personalities and try to butt heads. And this is where emotional intelligence plays a huge part in you being successful. When I have another driver, I'm not going to stay, I'll stay in my ground, but I'm not going to apply force. Does that make sense? Yeah, you can't, or or they're not. They're going to completely butt heads with you at that point. So I do a lot of pre-framing in that type of situation, or even storytelling. I'll tell a story about a person that's similar to them. And if you've been in sales a long time, you can always use people that you've helped and served in the past. That's that's important. I know we talked a lot about storytelling and analogies and whatnot, a couple different ones back. But going into the point of view, let's dive into this real quick. The point of view conversation, it involves you know people disagreeing about what really happened or what should have happened. But the only way for you to be able to understand these three separate conversations that are going on in people's head, you got to approach it, what Wes is talking about creating the environment, with them feeling they're not going to be judged when you're asking questions. They cannot feel judged. If they're judged, their guard's up. How to get them to drop their guard is hold yourself accountable. You can't do that when you're tied into these three conversations in your own head as well. And so going back to what you were talking about, Wes, on creating the right environment, 
in creating that right environment, is it for them not to feel judged? Absolutely. Because it's, you know, if, if you think about it, think about a close relationship you have with someone, you know, whether it's you know, a family member or a friend. Right. You know, the like, or actually, you know what? Better, better yet. Think about someone who we all have this. Think about that one person who is, you know, comes to you for advice, right? Or comes to you seeking guidance, right? We all usually have at least one person in our life that, you know, looks at us in that light, you know, or feel, feels comfortable. And think about why that relationship is the way that it is, you know, and why they feel comfortable even, you know, speaking to you or letting you know about maybe sensitive things that they have going on. It all stems back to, do they feel like they can trust you? And do they feel like you're not going to judge them, just like you said? And so it's extremely important for you to create that type of an environment and type of atmosphere. Because if you go back and think about yourself, which is the first step in emotional intelligence, right, is self-awareness, would you feel comfortable telling somebody something if you feel like they're going to judge you or maybe even, you know, tell other people what's going on with you? Right. So you wouldn't. And so how can you expect them to feel the same way? So you need to be very conscious of that with everything that you say from from your words to your tonality to to all of the different nonverbals as well. And making sure that that environment is consistent. That's the important piece. It's not just you did it one time. You're consistently reinforcing the fact that this environment is safe for you to be able to tell me what's going on. Have you ever walked into a doctor's office and they before you can get into what's wrong, they want to assess the situation first. Right. What led to it? That's why. And that's how you can that's how you can quickly get to it for the people that are unsure how to approach the conversation that you're going to have and you're trying to make sure that you're going to diffuse it. You need to diffuse it first. That's the first way of doing that. Is remember the old saying, showing up with the hat in hand? Yeah. That's how you approach it. And speaking persuasively, not abrasively is a huge, important variable when you're trying to understand it. It's a mindset. You have to be able to do it. But I try to, and, and this is where both sides of the coin are not the same, okay, with myself. I can do this effortlessly in sales when I'm working in business because there's zero emotion involved. I have a very hard time having difficult conversations when my emotions are involved. If someone is listening to this and it's you're similar, how would you, Wes, go about telling me or telling them, how can they get those aligned and being successful? There's there's a lot of layers to this piece, but going more of, I want to say in generality, right? you have to, it, go, it all goes back to you caring more about the ideal outcome or what's best than than anything else. And so it comes back to importance, right? So it, how important is the ideal or the right outcome to you? Because what happens is look, you, you holding your emotions in certain scenarios, especially when it comes to things in your personal life, you know, that, that is one of, that is a huge sacrifice for someone. Like people don't think about it or look at it that way, but you're sacrificing a lot of yourself holding back your emotions mm-hmm. and not dealing with something through the first instinct that you have. Like for me, I'm, you know, my, my first instinct uh, for my entire life was anger, right? My anger and I'd lash out quick. Like you didn't, t- it didn't take much to trigger me because one, it, I just had, it was a pride thing. It was an ego thing. 
mm-hmm. right? And I cared a lot, you know, and sometimes that comes off not in the right way. And so, you know, part of it is that, okay, I'm going to sacrifice that piece of it in order for me to get to the ideal outcome. And so you just need to, you need to layer it in, in what's more important. Um, and, and so it's, it's a, absolutely what you said before, Chris, it's a change of mindset. Right. It's a complete change of mindset because it takes, it takes a certain, you know, and, and we're all victim to this. None of us is perfect. Uh, but, you know, you kind of, you start to get to a point when you do it consistently and you focus on it consistently to where you get better at holding your emotions. But there's always certain things and certain vulnerabilities that can get to you more than others. And there's those thresholds. And so some of it, I will tell you, and this is, you know, people don't usually like to hear this, but some of it comes through experience. Yeah. And sometimes you can't grow from it until you go through it. And so, and I learned, you know, I learned that the hard way. And I know a lot of people in their personal lives have learned that the hard way is, you know, sometimes you think you can be ready for something, but you're not. But the, the important, important piece of that puzzle is that when it does happen, because it will, when it does happen, aim to learn and grow. Right. Then to just be a victim, for example, be a victim to it and look at it from from the lens of why did this happen to me or this shouldn't have happened to me. But it's already happened. Now, what do we do? Right now, how can I grow from this? Yeah. Like, what could I do differently in that type of situation to get to the outcome? Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more on what you're saying. And I hope everyone was paying attention right. to that because when you're looking at your personal life, you're, of course, you're always going to be in that emotion part if you care. But when usually when you're trying to defend or try to get across your point of view and your ego gets involved in what you're talking about, Wes, what's going to happen, it's going to, whatever's in your head and you're trying to communicate it to the other person, and it maybe it could be, you know, what family member and you're trying to communicate and it's not coming out the right way, you got to keep and check and hold yourself accountable on what you say and what you do. Because a lot of times, Wes, for me personally, I'll let my emotions get the best of me and I'll say whatever I needed to say, but it's, I would never do whatever I said. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's right. pretty much me pushing back and because so now getting to the core of the three conversations when you're having a conversation in business or in person or in your personal life, you need to understand, okay, what is the outcome and how can I hold myself more accountable and take accountability for whatever happens? Because when you, now you're vulnerable, you see what I'm saying? So if you're approaching it with a vulnerability, but it takes reflection in the beginning of it, doesn't it? Absolutely does. I mean, it all goes back to, to that piece that we talked about before. And that's why it's, that's why it's important for, you know, here's the thing, like, We've all had people in our life that have attacked us in one way or another. And I don't mean like physically attack us, but right. emotionally and you know mentally attack us, right? And and there's people that that are purposely trying to to drain you, right? They're trying to hurt you in that kind of a way. Um and I've dealt with this in my life as well and you know the when it comes to that piece, you know when it comes to that piece, that, that's the hardest that is the hardest, you know, being able to to have the ability to not react in that sense is one of the hardest things in the world. And it's something that will allow you to grow if you have the mindset to actually do it. And this is something that I struggle with because the first thing when someone is attacking me, like my first instinct is to attack back. Me too. And and that's where I fail. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's our vulnerability. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
That's 100% our vulnerability. And so, but then again, that's where it goes back to reflection, mm-hmm. right? So we understand that's our vulnerability. And so even though the emotions are still high, even though it hurts when it happens, even though it sucks and we don't, you know, we don't necessarily want to deal with certain things, you know, the feelings don't change. I, I hope people understand that. The feelings never change. Like you still have those feelings. It's how you react to them that changes over time. Exactly. And so and that's staying in touch. I'm sorry to cut you off. Just staying in touch with, you know, what you're trying to accomplish with the outcome. Right. Trying to really hold yourself accountable. If I say what I'm going to say, is it going to get me to the outcome I'm looking for? Or is it going to push me further back? That's a hard thing to say to yourself if you're caught up in your own emotional roller coaster. No, and you're absolutely right. And that's why in business, so in, in sales, this is so much easier, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't need to have any emotional attachment to that. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't. People, you know how many times I've seen people fail themselves mm-hmm. because of their emotional attachment to that person or that phone call or that whatever. And it usually stems back to themselves and how they feel about themselves. And this is where, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's two sides of it, you know, and one of them is being your limiting beliefs. Yep. You, you have to, you have, as, as someone who you're there to help the person on the phone, like, or, or, or in person, you're help, you're there to help your buyer or your potential buyer. Your job is to be neutral. Your, your job is to not have emotion towards it. Mm-hmm. You need to be able, not, I don't, I'm not saying don't be empathetic. You need to be empathetic, but you need to also have the, you need to be neutral so that you can give so that you can think logically of what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, especially when it comes down to those points where maybe you have a certain type of person that is confrontational, right? Or you're heading into a, you know, into a part of that conversation that gets confrontational, or maybe they're offended or things along those lines, or they're just reacting, or maybe they, maybe that there's someone that needs to hear something that, you know, we talk about difficult conversations. Maybe they need to hear something about themselves that's holding them back that maybe no one else has, for lack of a better term, had the balls to tell them. Right. Right. And so that, but again, it goes back to, it goes back to create that environment and tell that person, I'm here to help you. That, that is my main, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to, to, you know, anything. I'm here to help you every step of the way, whether it's any type of buyer, whether it's a driver, whether it's someone who's amiable, you know, it doesn't matter who it is that everyone responds well to the fact that you care about me and want to help me. Now, your approach is a little different, right, with each one of those people, but your intention never changes. And so you, that's that's really the first step of it is uh, going back to what we just said in the beginning. Know the outcome in mind. Know what your intention is with your buyer, um, you know, or anybody, and then approach it from the standpoint of I'm here to serve and help first. And, you know, and then just kind of let it go from there. But don't get caught up. One thing I've, and, and I'm sorry for going on a rant with this, but. No, you're fine. I, but one thing that, that has like bothered me so much in, in the years of sales that I've done and watching other people is watching people who literally sit there and act like the punching bag to their buyer. Oh, and man, yeah. they get involved in all their problems or getting involved in all. And, and what's happening is instead of you raising that person up, they're pulling you down. Right. And you have to be the standard. And so make, and from the, from the start of your relationship, make your standard known, make your expectations clear and make your intentions absolutely top, you know, top of mind when it comes to that client. And then it'll make everything else a lot easier. And I've had to deal with conversations, Chris, like 
dealing, especially coming from the finance industry, I dealt with people's spouses passing away um, or even their children passing away or, or, or parents, like really sensitive situations more than I even cared for. But what it allowed me to do in that scenario, because of the type of relationship I built with my clients, is have the conversation, still have the conversations of what needs to happen mm-hmm. and what needs to, you know, what they need to do without being insensitive because they know what I'm here to do. They know that I'm here to help them. And so it all starts from that. It, ex- expectations and standards is everything. And staying on point, you know, that's important. I try to always try to provide more clarity than anything else when I'm having this type of conversations. Here's the outcome that I'm trying to get you to. It may be something different than what you're looking at it in your perspective. And I can understand that with your own standards or whatever. But what I'm going to try to do is raise your standards up to this type of level because I do see a lot of resources that you can tap into. And I'm talking about personal resources. You have a lot of talent. Do you even know that you're good at the XYZ? Do you see my point, Wes? Yeah. Sometimes when people set goals or shooting so low, it's hard for me to sit back and accept that. And if you want to tie it back into personal life, you can tie that into personal. Is sometimes the other person you're having a disagreement with or you're trying to have a difficult conversation, they're not aligned with that core value or they're not aligned with the outcome that you want to get to because they're not interested in it. You have to have a mutual agreement of that's the outcome you're looking for. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's so spot on. You know, so you have to close on that. Yeah, that is so spot on. So if you have a mutual agreement, Wes, and if say, hey, Wes, I'm going to go to the store and then I'm going to go and get a bag of donuts or, you know, chocolate milk or whatever it is, right? And we both agree to it. That's why. And then we're going to tell you why that's going to create more motivation. And then would you be bought into that? Absolutely. Do you see my point? This is the where a lot of people go, I got something bigger in mind. And this is where I failed also my, you know, in a lot of personal situations. The outcome that I'm looking for, and I have a bigger picture in mind, but I'm not getting an agreement in the beginning of, of what that other party wants. Does that make sense? Like they're not looking for that. Maybe they're maybe they are not in tune, or maybe that's not part of the, you know, the end result they're looking for. They're just like, I don't, I don't really want to do that. So You'll find another version of yourself if you tap into this emotional side. It's because the moment you start fighting for something bigger than you, you discover another version of yourself. And sometimes the other party isn't, it shouldn't be in that story. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, you have to hold yourself accountable to that. And, and that is, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Because that's, you know, th- that's the other side of it that a lot of people don't talk about. We're always talking about how to make it happen. Right. You know, but sometimes... It, it, if you under if you know the outcome isn't the same, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's from you know the person that you're talking to, like your client or prospect or whoever, sometimes you need to remove yourself. Yeah. Right? So if we're not in alignment and we're not going to the same place, that's okay. That I don't need to I don't need to attach myself to you at that point, right? I can pull out. That's where the lack you know, and in your personal life, it's a lot harder, you know, to to detach yourself from certain things, but Again, like you said, when you're, uh, you know, no matter what, when you have a bigger picture in mind or a bigger vision, at that point, if, and it depends on the scenario, but you either need to align yourself with people who do have that same vision, or sometimes you even need to go at it alone and make sure that you're taking care of the things that you know you need to take care of, right? right. So, you know, the, but don't be attached, you know, don't be attached to things that 
aren't going to be attached back to you because that's a one-sided scenario and that's never going to work out. Yeah, you're just going to keep going. It's going to go the emotional level. You're going to burn so much more energy that you don't need to burn. And when, especially when you're on a phone call with a you know prospective buyer, right? If you approach that phone call and let your own emotions, whatever's going on in your personal life, get into, you'll get completely in the way of what they're looking for. You're doing them a disservice. So you got to get your mindset ready to be able to take all the emotions out of that conversation and you're asking questions and you're genuinely wanting to know what's going on. Do I talk about every limiting belief or potential limiting belief from a client? If, they, if I expose that? No, Wes. I'm not going to because I don't need to deal with it at that time. What I can do is make certain suggestions on maybe some things that I observed on the phone call and see if they want to take my advice or maybe they will look at it more proactively. Are they going to be proactive enough for them to figure out, okay, hey, this is a problem. This could be a problem. This is a recommendation from a valued source. That's me, obviously, if I'm working with a student or working with a buyer, whatever. Because if you take the emotion out of that conversation, having difficult conversations are loaded. Yeah. So being as objective as possible, make them meet you halfway. It'll go more smoothly that way. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I would I would completely agree with that. You, you need to be, it goes back to, it's funny, it goes back to, you need to be in alignment. You need to be, have the same outcome in mind. And so all else equally, if, you, if you've created that environment, now the person at that point at least feels comfortable with understanding that, look, both parties are here to get to the ideal outcome. And so I can, I can keep accountability to that piece. You know, I can, and then that's where the emotion can come out of it. And when you're, if someone's battling back and forth with you, it's because they don't see you as that authority yet. They don't see you as that trusted source, but it yes. also depends on, on the type of buyer that you have. So you mentioned earlier, Chris, with a driver. All right, so if I come to a driver and I create that environment, all else is fine. But then I come to him and say, here's where I think you're going wrong. And these are the things that you're not doing right. I know that that driver in most cases is probably going, their ego is going to spike. And now they're going to come back at me because mm-hmm. they need to justify that piece. That's a limiting belief that they have. So the way I, the way I go about it is, is what matters. So instead of doing that, I may praise them on all the things that they do really well. Right. And that's where I might use some analogies. I might use some stories, but I start with praise. I start with telling them all the things they do really well. And then instead of telling them, this is what you're doing wrong. I will tell them, look, we're looking for this ideal outcome. Here's where I think we could, we could do a few things to get closer to that ideal outcome. Not that they did something wrong. I don't have to tell them you did something wrong. What I can tell them is obviously right now we're not where we want to be. This is where we want to get to. Here are maybe some things that we can look at doing to get closer to that. And now I've done it in a way that I didn't spike their ego. I, you know, I didn't make them feel like they need to defend themselves. We're still we're still on the same mission as before. And, you know, we're moving forward. And I didn't have to I didn't have to go back and forth and battle with that person. Right. And that's going to take more energy and more time. The more time that I spend on something or acknowledging things that are irrelevant, I feel is irrelevant getting to the outcome is the more exposed you're going to be to an emotional conversation or a difficult conversation. From your point of view, Wes, like why does communication fail in those types of conversations? I, I truly believe is because the priority of the the outcome just isn't there. 
you know, and usually it's people are, and, and uh, you, you have no one but to, yourself to blame in that scenario, right? As the seller, you have no one to blame but yourself in that scenario. That's just how I look at things. And so what I look at it is what typically the two sides aren't in alignment. And usually each side is trying to get their own point across and they're not asking enough questions, right? They're not truly listening. And that's what creates that environment to where we're just talking to talk, right? I want to show you that I know more, right? right? Or, or I want to be right. And so it's just a battle instead of being on the same side. But that's where your job as the seller is to listen and ask questions because you can't expect them to change on this phone call. You can't expect them to look at things differently. You have to, you have to be the one that does something differently so that then they can reciprocate. A lot of people become less attentive and more automatic with their responses, especially when you hit a certain trigger. That's why I look for emotional patterns when I'm having a conversation. I might do something purposely on my side, Wes, and hit that trigger to see if they're going to run to that again. I'll hold them accountable on maybe a couple meetings later. Does that make sense? To see if they actually took my advice. I know that might sound like I'm tricking them. I'm not. I want to see if if I'm helping them get to a better decision-making. Because a lot of people, when they come and work with me, that's why they don't really give a shit about the price or the product or service. They don't care. They are getting so much value and I'm helping them discover a lot about themselves. That's, I believe, part of my style and my methodology. Because of course, you've even looked at the win-win effect. Is I'm not trying to help them win. I'm helping them win in life in general. Because I'm trying to serve them and help them. So you have to pay very close attention to what are some of their thoughts. And I ask them, what are you thinking right now? Because I want to really understand what leads them to acting a certain way. Or going into those three parts of that conversation. Point of view, egotistical, and emotional. Like I want to understand. Help me understand how I could be more effective with you. So what are you currently thinking about? right now, after I hit a certain trigger, how effective can that be if you're able to do that in every part of your sales call? That that is, it's, it's almost ridiculous how effective you can be in that scenario because you're going to understand every piece of that conversation, everything about that person. And that's where you can structure your conversations and the things that you say to, to get to that out, ideal outcome because you know exactly what to say, when to say, or when not to say it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't ask that question. They're not going to ask them, Wes. I, I, I listen to a lot of phone calls. And for those who have sent your recordings in, we'll get to them, I promise. But here's the thing. When you ask that question, you're showing that you give a shit. You're showing you care more than the other person. They Maybe in their past and experience of helping them or not serving them, they're selling them. You know, I talk a lot about that as I, I don't sell, I serve. That's my, that's my intention. That's my outcome that I'm looking for is to be able to be more effective with you and not just effective with this program, product or service or whatever the hell you're selling. What I'm trying to do is I'm helping you discover all the things that maybe that are really holding you back. It's not about the system. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not about whatever you're trying to purchase is going to solve your problem. I'm trying to help you make a better decision. And the only way to do that is asking questions on what is currently going on in your mind right now. That's going to help you understand their emotion. 
going into their words, voices, facial expressions, the way that they act and behave, it's going to make a lot of sense. When you have someone tell you a story, Wes, and I'll make an example. When you have someone tell you a story and the way they're telling you that story, if it doesn't tie into those emotions or the story, is it less believable? Of course. But that's the way that you need to act on a call. Your tonality will help you and lead you there. You can't just say, Jamie, did you want to, and would you like to enroll into one of these programs? You know, what, what about the programs actually you like? And then she goes, well, I don't like, I don't, I don't like this. I like that. But the way that she answers that question, I'm like, well, what can you walk me through and give me a closer look into your thinking on what led you to make that decision? That's powerful. It's so powerful on both sides of the buyer selling relationship. If someone asked me that question, I'm going to be more in tune and more open to say, um, well, this is what I was thinking. And this, and he goes, well, that there's the problem right there. Yeah. Now it's their own idea and they're taking ownership over it. You assume a lot of shit. I, I fall victim to this all the time as I, I like to, you know, cause I do a lot of, a lot of personal development, especially lately. I've been reading a lot more because I, I know that that's my savior. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's my lifeline of being able to grow because that's part tied into my core value of always being, you know, being dedicated to being 1% better every day. But if you're a salesperson or a young salesperson, or maybe you're, you know, an experienced salesperson, when was the last time you really truly hold yourself accountable to what you're learning and taking in your own mind? It's hard, man, because you get so caught up, especially sales, man. Right. How easy is it to forget about yourself? That's the easiest one. You'll you'll do everything else before you do it for yourself. And that's the problem with people that are trying to serve. At some point, I've lost touch. You know, and, and it's important that I hold myself accountable to this. I've lost touch on actually the things that I want to do in life rather than the things that I have to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And sometimes in my goals or whatever it is, and when you're in a conversation and you're having those three separate conversations going on at the same time, the only way to get there, man, is for the other party to understand that you're really trying to help them. That's it. And we can beat this up all the way down to a nub, Wes. But I think it's important at this time to kind of go to some how-tos. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because I mean, could you imagine if, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, but like imagine even a real estate agent, for example. And a real estate agent, usually what they're going to come, they're going to show you some houses. They're going to ask you what you want. All right. And they're going to show you what you asked them for or what they asked you for. And then, you know, they're going to make a decision whether they want it or not. So could you imagine if you took that one step further and yep. truly dug in to exactly what that what's going on in that person's life, created the atmosphere where they do they completely trust you and and they, they're willing to be vulnerable with you. Mm. And imagine at that point you you can you can influence that buying decision so heavily because now you've tapped into exactly what you tapped into their world and you're able to help them get to that outcome that they're searching for. Right? Takes so, so much courage. It takes so much courage it, to do that. It really does. But once you've done it, now you've now instead of having a buyer, you have a client for life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. whether and that what one person, if they moved five, six times in their lifetime, guess who's going to be the one that that gets that phone call every single time? But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, getting into some how tos is, is absolutely important. Perfect. I'm really excited about where we're going with the direction 
on what we're sharing to all the listeners. And to all the listeners out there, do me a favor. Continue to keep working as hard as you can on being better every day. That makes the world a difference. I know that we're leaning into a lot of emotional intelligence, how to deal with difficult conversations, how to overcome point of view conversation, emotional conversations, egotistical conversations. But if you actually focus on these small little details when it comes to understanding what a buyer is going through, you're going to be more impactful, not just for that sales process. You're going to be more impactful than you probably ever would believe in their whole life. So I appreciate all the listeners that tuned in all the way to the end of this episode. I look forward to recording an episode for you on Monday where I'm going to start putting it all together on how to roll this out and be more impactful. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Until the next episode, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.